Live from the Business Radio X studio inside Renaissance Bank, the bank that specializes in understanding you. It's time for North Fulton Business Radio. And hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of North Fulton Business Radio. I'm John Ray, and folks, we are broadcasting, as we always do, from inside Renaissance Bank in beautiful Alpharetta. And if you're looking for a bank that's at the top of all the surveys of customers in terms of their customer service and uh, how attractive it is and how easy it is, well, Renaissance Bank is one of those banks. Uh, They finish at the top of the heap uh, in uh, timemagazinesmoney.com, Forbes, a lot of these surveys that get done of banking customers Renaissance ends up in the top 10, whether it's nationally or regionally. So if you're looking for a bank like that, you're tired of the mega bank experience, you want something better, go to renaissancebank.com to learn more. Renaissance Bank, understanding you, member FDIC. And now I want to welcome Gail Ely. Gail is uh, an old friend. She's a uh, returned guest, and we're delighted to have her back. Her firm is Total Life Leadership. Gail, welcome back. Thank you, John. Glad to be back. Yeah, it's great to have you back. Um, let's remind everyone or folks that don't know you, uh, tell everyone a little bit about what you do at Total Life Leadership. Sure, sure. So I am a leadership coach, trainer, and team facilitator known for helping stressed out and overwhelmed leaders to up-level their leadership skills, their leadership mindset, and those tools and resources they need to be really good at what they do. Mm -hmm. Um, I love to say that when I ask people about their job and they're in a leadership role, I hate to say this, but sometimes they say, I love my work except for the people part. (laughs) (laughs) And I go, at least oh, they're being honest. Yeah, right? at least they're being honest. Yeah. <laughs> and yet I think to myself, but leadership, you know, it is the people part, you yeah. know, but oftentimes that's the scary part for people, the people, the part that they just don't think they can be very good at. Mm. Um, so I like to help them get more confident, get less stressed because they gain some confidence in building their leadership skills so that ultimately they can serve their clients uh, better and have better income if they're in the for-profit world. Yeah. You know, I'm curious about why people feel that way. Is it is it lack of self-confidence? Is it lack of education maybe they've had and how to manage people? Uh, or, or just maybe it's too much information, right? I mean, <laughs> there's, there's, a, there's a whole lot of leadership information out there, and they don't know what to believe, right, yeah. or what to try. Yeah. What, what, are you, what do you think? Well, you know, I, there's been some surveys done that say that um, people who are leaders, maybe they got to be leaders early, but they don't actually get training until they're in their 40s. Mm. Um, so a lot of it is, oh, yeah, you're really good at this job. Let's just put you in charge of people. Uh, and it's a totally different skill set. Right. You know, you may be good at accounting, but you may not be good at leading an accounting team. Yeah. Or whatever it is. So I, that's where I like to step in and say, you know, you, you can't expect them to be successful if they don't have the, the mindset, the tools and the skills to do that. Yeah, for sure. And you're talking, you're kind of referring back to the Peter principle, right? Exactly. (laughs) That's what I was thinking. Yeah. 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 Uh, Where people get, get promoted, but they get promoted into, uh, 
areas that they don't know anything about in terms of management exactly. per se, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, so you, you work with a lot of nonprofit public sector kind of clients. What, what attracts you to that segment? Well, you know, that's something, that's a way I'm expanding my business oh, okay. right now. Okay. And gotcha. so kind of my story is I'm, I've been, you know, a leadership geek forever yeah, and right. um, believe that whatever the sector is, for-profit, not-for-profit, or public sector even, that leadership is really one of the key ingredients to success. Okay. Uh, so started my business, Total Life Leadership, in 2012, yep. initially to support not small and medium-sized for-profit businesses. Okay. And help them to uplevel their leadership skills. Um, and that's been going really well. Uh, but fast forward to 2022, and I was asked to step in as board president of a Georgia nonprofit agency called Creative Community Services, or for short, CCS. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what they do is provide uh, therapeutic foster care. For those kids who have behavioral issues, trauma issues that get passed around to 30 and 40 different placements and Mm. and then, you know, end up, nobody really knows how to handle them. So this this small agency takes on those challenges, recruits the parents, trains the parents, provides them them as well as the kids with uh, the support that they need in order to be successful. Wow. Wow. It, yeah, it's a, it's a, that's phenomenal. It is phenomenal. It's, it's, and it's very much needed. Uh, once the kids get to be older or if they, if they're adults with disabilities who don't have family support, we also provide host homes for the, for them. So kind of like adult foster care, if you will, you yeah. know, homes to support. Yeah. So how did you get thrown into the management of this organization then there's a story here <laughs> well i was i have was on the board yeah. for about four years right. prior to being asked to be board president uh-huh. and i'd have i'd been sitting back thinking i'd really like to be board president mm. <laughs> because i'd like to you know support the agency and support the board in a lot of ways the ceo of this agency which has been around 40 years she's the founder of it and still the ceo of it. And when I started observing started observing what she was doing, phenomenal stuff. She's built a phenomenal agency, got a lot of respect in the state and also built a phenomenal team. Mm. And so that got me thinking, wow, you know, what's different about her and her organization and what she does uh and it that's that's what gave birth to something that I'm now calling passionate leadership. Mm. Wow. So, so let's talk about what that is. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So passionate leadership really is, think about it this way. People who are in the nonprofit sector, if they are working in it and been working in it for a long time, they're passionate about what they do. Sure. They're passionate about the organization and how it's serving the community. Oftentimes, though, they're not as passionate about leading the people and in nonprofits, it's different than for profit. You know, you're you're not just leading a staff. You got to find a way to lead the board. You got to find a way to lead the donors. You got to find a way to lead uh, the volunteers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's huge. It's a huge contingent, you know, of people that you're trying to lead. And oftentimes they're not as energetic and excited about doing that. And yet, what we know is, if you can bring those two together, be passionate about what it is that is the mission of the organization, and passionate about leading the people. That's where you get maximum impact yeah. on the clientele. Yeah. 
That makes a lot of sense. And, and, you know, you cannot, I would imagine this is, this is a question. It sounds like a statement, but it's a question. I would imagine that, um, the leader of a nonprofit on average, they are so passionate about their cause that sometimes they think everybody else has that same passion, <laughs> right? And nobody is going to have the same passion they do, right? Well, especially, especially a founder, if, right? Yes, yeah. especially if they're a founder. And, and yet there are people, and, and I'm looking at CCS, you know, as, mm-hmm. as this model um, of, yes, she's passionate about what she does, and she's brought on people who are passionate about it. And mm-hmm. she's gone about it in a really, you know, I think an incredible way. Um, and what that means really is nonprofits, you know, especially in this kind of employment environment, have trouble attracting and recruiting talent mm-hmm. and keeping it. Right. And a lot of that is because of their compensate. They're not able to compensate people, mm-hmm. you know, a, a, in a way that they might maybe out in the for-profit world. Right. So what, what I've been thinking about and observing her is uh, that you got to add something to your employee value proposition, you got to add something. And a lot of times that ad is passion for the mission, right? So mm-hmm. you recruit people who are passionate about what the organization is doing. Um, and that goes a long way. That goes a long way. What I'm suggesting is you add one more thing to your employee value proposition, mm-hmm. and that's passionate leadership. So imagine for a minute, you're a leader, nonprofit leader, you're interviewing a candidate for a job and the candidate says, Oh, I love, I love what you do. I love what you do. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I can, you know, that I can take that salary. I can take that compensation and benefit package. What else you got? And if you're able to say, well, guess what? We have an organizational culture led by me who is, who is attending to this all the time. Mm -hmm. You're going to love working here. Mm Mm-hmm. You're going to love working here because we know from, you know, from lots of studies that, you know, a certain level of compensation will, you've got to have, mm-hmm. right? Anything above that is really about, do they have meaningful work? You know, are they excited about what they're doing and are they being supported in it? So I'm saying add that, add passionate leadership to your employee value proposition and you become a magnetic attractor of talent. And you're able to retain them. And what you're describing there are, it's obviously not uh, coffee bars and uh, ping pong tables, (laughs) (laughs) stuff like that. No. You're you're talking about intangibles (laughs) that are really uh, important to that employee, Um, whether they say it or not. Yes. Right. Down, yes. they they are they're they're passionate. Pardon the term, uh, for yeah. for their own development. Right? Exactly, they're yeah. passionate to be to feel like they're making a difference. Yeah. To feel like they have an input and that they're being heard, uh, and that they're able to do meaningful work and do it in a way that you know takes advantage of their strengths. Is one way to describe this that um, I mean, if you get an employee that's passionate about the cause. Mm-hmm. Um, that's great, but what you want them to be is feel like that they are an integral part of your um, cause making, right? Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, and and that's really what you're talking yes. about, right? Yeah. 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 That's really what I'm talking about. So one of the things I did once I kind of developed this model, you know, which is to say, all right, so what does a leader need? 
in order to really ramp up their passion for the leadership part. And I came up with the six pillars mm-hmm. of passionate leadership. Okay. Let's uh, hear them. You want to hear them? Yeah, okay. well, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> I'm All learning right. a lot here. All right. So, yeah, let's so, keep going. So the first one is deep appreciation for self and others. Mm. Leadership always has to start with self self-awareness. And mm-hmm. if you don't have that, you know, how are you showing up? How are, what kind of impact are you having on people? Mm-hmm. Or do you know your strengths? Do you know what aren't your strengths? But you also have to have deep appreciation for other people as yeah. well. Um, so that's the first one. The second one is a positive growth mindset. So in other words, that means you're all about learning and you're all about saying, oh, that didn't work quite the way I thought it would, but what's the opportunity here to learn? So mm-hmm. a positive growth mindset. And the third one is a dynamic vision focus. So most nonprofits are very focused on a vision. They've got a vision. But sometimes it, you, it doesn't come to fruition in the way you think it is. So dynamic means, you know, you got to be able to change up how you're going to reach that vision, even though you don't change your vision. So being flexible mm-hmm. in that way. And then the fourth one is embodied trust. That's more than trust. Yeah. That's as a leader, you demonstrate what trust looks like and what it feels like. And number five is inspired action. So we can take action, but sometimes those little saboteurs in our brain kind of freak us out, right? So you want to take action with a clear and calm-headed focus. Mm -hmm. So you get your mindset in that, you know, that whatever happens, it's going to be an opportunity to learn. And then the sixth one is celebrating results. I find that nonprofit leaders often have their nose to the grindstone so much that they don't look up and say, wow. Look how far we've come because they're always seeing there's more to do. There's right. more to do, more to do. So celebrating all along the results journey and celebrating even the things that didn't go as you thought they were going to go because you're going to learn something. Mm. So those are the six pillars. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I, I want to come back to embodied trust. I, yeah. Say more about that. I mean, what that, maybe you can give an example of what that looks like. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So for a leader to embody trust means they walk the talk. They walk the talk. So, you know, they admit their mistakes if they make mistakes. Um, They are not asking you to compromise your own integrity. Um, I remember a time when I was in leadership, and actually it was in the public sector, where uh, I was wanting some people to go to a conference Uh, And one of our staff members came up and said, hey, if we kind of fudge a little bit about what kind of a, you know, organization we are, we can get into this conference for free. And I realized that I had a moment right there. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) I had a moment and I, I could go one way or I could go the other. I could save the organization money or I could, you know, maintain the trust that we're not going to do anything that you know, is not telling the truth. Right. Uh, so it's really that. Mm. It's really that. It's walking in your integrity, making the hard calls when you have to make the hard calls. And and, and that, in, that may include, you know, if somebody's not working out in the organization, you know, you have finding a way to, to separate from them or have them separate for the benefit of everybody else. Right. That that's an interesting thing that you could actually that could actually increase trust in the organization, in, in the staff. Yeah, you know, that's uh, interesting you say that because that really does. Um, that's really one of those things is maybe one of the hardest decisions 
leaders make, right? It it absolutely is. Yeah. And I would be scared if it wasn't. If they didn't feel like, you know, having to let somebody go was not a hard decision, was I I would have a hard time with that. Right. Because that just means they don't get what kind of impact they're having on people. Yeah, and and uh you're talking about people watching. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> They're definitely watching that, right? They are. Yeah. Gail Ely is with us, folks. She is uh, the founder of Total Life Leadership. Um, I'm curious. We we talked about kind of general concepts here uh, of leadership and what people understand of leadership. What What's the biggest misconception about leadership or the thing that people don't understand about it? You know, I've thought a lot about this, and I think it is, and we were kind of just alluding to it just a few seconds ago, is that leaders don't understand what kind of impact they have on the lives of the people they lead. Mm. I mean, there's been surveys done that say that you know your manager or your leader has as much influence on you as your partner does. Mm. You spend a lot of time you yeah. know, with them, and, and, and so... Not understanding that, you know, just as we were talking about when you let somebody go, you know, mm-hmm. um, is is something that I don't think leaders think enough about. It, it, it's being being in leadership is cur- you have to have courage. Mm. You know, you have to have courage to look at yourself and say, you know, what do I need to do? You have to be able to admit your mistakes. And I think once when you realize that impact you have on people, it takes courage to continue in that realm. You have the well-being of people in your hands, and it takes courage to kind of face that and and, and lead that way. Yeah, and and uh, I'm curious if you agree with this, that leadership will, um, if you're in a position of leadership, it will expose every fault you've got. Absolutely. <laughs> well, it seeks it, out and finds every fault you've it, got. It does. Yeah. And, if, if um, you know, the last time you and I talked, I yeah. told you about my leadership failure, epic failure. I, I, don't know I, you, I remember that yeah. vividly, yeah. And yeah. you were so transparent. And, and, and uh, th- that was such an interesting story. You want to tell it again <laughs> or not? Well, I'll tell a shortened version of it. Okay. You know, basically, okay. I was I was actually working in the public sector for yeah. 23 years and had been, you know, promoted up to leadership levels, never got any leadership training and got to the point where I was actually being groomed to take over as head of staff in our little office in the Atlanta area. Uh, and I just, you know, I think that just had me just all of a sudden begin to shoulder this burden of the entire success or failure of the organization is on me, Yeah, you know, and that made me, that just had me acting in ways that weren't me. I mean, you know, short tempered, Mm -hmm. frustrated, um, never, you know, I didn't ever think abused anybody, but somebody, you know, reported me. Right. And I got investigated for Mm. creating a hostile work environment Mm. and ultimately ended up, um, able to retire from the organization, but not without a lot of shame and anger. And mm-hmm. it took me a while to get over that. That's actually what had me start Total Life Leadership because yeah. I would, you know, wanted others to not have to go through what I went through. Well, that's a great story. I mean, I know it was a terrible experience, but it's a great story for you to share um, because you've, you've been in the trenches. I mean, yeah. you've been there, right? And, and I think... Um, that's what people are looking for in a leadership coach. I think, mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you, 
you can confirm that or not, but I, that's what I would think people are looking for. Somebody's been has got that um, cred, street yeah. cred, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a, it was quite a rough road. Yeah, <laughs> it had a lot of potholes, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I can feel it. I can mm-hmm. feel it when people are putting that burden on themselves, right. and, and often it's they're putting much more burden on themselves than they really need to. You know, but they also need the skills and the tools to be able to do it well. Yeah, and and I would imagine part of the reason they're putting so much stress on themselves is maybe self confidence, right? I mean, it's that's yeah. a big part of it. Yeah, is they don't feel confident in where they yeah. are, and and so um, they're overjudging themselves and all sorts of things, right? Absolutely, absolutely. I think that's a huge part of it, and they're asked. That's why I say you know, secretly asking themselves, how can I become a better leader, which is, you know, the type of leader I want to work with, because they know that they have some work to do. And they're often afraid to tell anybody, mm-hmm. you know, that, that they don't know what they're doing, even though they're not, not sure what they're supposed to be doing. <laughs> right. Um, how do you talk to leaders about, um, I guess, getting uh, feedback that's honest? Mm. You know, I mean, because I think a lot of leaders, they understand that you need to be doing the check-ins and you need to, you know, have those conversations. But how do they know that feedback is genuine? Well, let's go back to embodied trust first, right? You have to have a trusting relationship. You have to build that foundation Mm. first, uh, and then you have to, you can ask for the feedback. You may not get it the first time because people will be a little bit fearful, but once you get it, then how do you respond to it? And typically that is, thank you. Mm. Simply. Wow. Thank you. That's and powerful. You, and you may or may not agree mm-hmm. with it, but if someone's sharing that with you, you know, in that unequal power dynamic that goes mm-hmm. on, Thank you. Yeah, because you can say thank you whether you agree with it or not, exactly. right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Thank you for having the the courage to share that with me. Yeah, and yeah. then you can, you know, you can follow up with say more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't really understand or you don't have a context or something, you can, you can follow up with say more. Gail Ely is with us, folks. She is the founder of Total Life Leadership. Uh, Gail, let's talk about, um, you mentioned uh, you're, you're getting more into the nonprofit um, area. Area is there? Are there certain issues that are unique to non leadership issues that are unique to nonprofits that you think are are particularly important to pay attention to that distinguish them from for profit sure. organizations? Yeah, yeah. The big one is that. You know, nonprofits are, of course, they have to have money to run, but they're really looking more at impact and results. You mm-hmm. know, that's that's one thing. The other thing is that they really work in a different environment than a for-profit organization. They have constituencies that a for-profit doesn't. You know, they yes, of course, they have the staff, but they also have the board. Mm. And as the board president, I can tell you that that relationship can be a good one or a not so good one. Mm-hmm. You know, my my goal has been to actually strengthen the board at CCS and and get it more engaged. Um, you have donors, you have governmental 
oversight, Mm -hmm. if you will. You have volunteers. So, you know, it's being able to, to negotiate between those different constituencies and, um, you know, what I've learned as a board president this last year is that it's, it's really important to understand my lane because my, my lane is not to supervise the staff. Mm-hmm. My lane is to provide oversight and to provide fiduciary responsibility for the organization. So I, I've got to learn how to stay in my lane. And, and that means that the CEO, you know, stays in her lane as well. But together we work toward making the organization stronger and stronger. Yeah. So I would love it. Maybe if you could share uh, a success story uh, (laughs) where, you know, you feel pretty passionate, pardon the term again, (laughs) about the, about the great work that you have done, the transformation you've brought to some leader out there. Yeah. Well, um, I'm just starting in the nonprofit realm, and I could talk to you about what I've done with CCS because I've done some leadership work with CCS. Um, uh, but I want to talk to you about a, a public sector success. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I have been working with my local library system for years mm-hmm. um, and started with some coaching of the leader who um, was making some huge changes in the organization and wanted to make sure his his mindset was correct. And then cascading that down to the senior leadership and helping them understand how change really works. And then cascading that down to the, actually the branch managers as they were going through some huge changes. We did a lot of work around communication styles. Uh, We did a lot of work on helping people who respond to change differently because every person responds differently. Some people love it. Some people hate it. Uh, We've done a lot of work around planning for uh, having to, you know, um, not to give people bad news about what might happen with the organization. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that's been a huge success for them. They keep calling me back. Um, that's yeah that's an endorsement right there for sure yeah and you know with regard to the ccs the nonprofit organization i've brought in some uh leadership enhancement um things that we've been doing like what i call a mental fitness boot camp Mm. which is six weeks of practicing on you know shifting your brain from that that little saboteur in your brain to the, the real genius in your brain that and allow ways to do that and practices to do that. So I've mm. done that with that organization as well. Yeah. Lots of tools and, and, and uh, things to use to help with the mindset and the resources and the skills. Yeah, that's, that's terrific. Well, yeah. And, and, you know, one of the things that stands out for me is you hearing you talk about this client that's hired you repeatedly is that it's, it's a, never ending process, exactly. right? There's always something to learn. There's always, uh, because people change organizations yeah. change and, um, uh, ideas about great leadership change. Yeah. Yeah. I like to say leadership is a journey, not a destination. Mm. You know, he, I like that. 
I once had an employee years and years ago who thought that, you know, he wanted to get into the leadership role in, in the little department that he was in. And I think he thought he was going to, you know, then just be able to put his feet up on the desk and point and have people do things. The best hundred dollars I ever spent was to send him to a one day class on leadership for technical skills. Cause this was a laboratory mm-hmm. and he came back and said to me, I don't want the leadership role. <laughs> I said, that's the best hundred dollars I could have ever spent. Right. It was a one day class. And he, he heard all the horror stories right. from the other people who were already in leadership. Yeah. And he was like, nope, not for me. <laughs> it's helpful when people self-select. Yes. Right? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, you, you've talked about uh, that you're increasingly working with more nonprofit public sector Um, leaders, um, I want to make sure that we draw that out in terms of, you know, best client fits for you. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So, yeah. So the best client fit for me is somebody who is passionate about what it is they or their organization does and is asking themselves, how can I be a better leader or how can I help my team be better in their leadership? Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I'd love to to have a conversation with somebody like that and say, what does that look like? You know, yeah. does that look like coaching for 12 months or six months? Or does that look like a leadership development program with different, you know, parts to it, mm-hmm. including how to coach employees, how to deal with conflict, things like that. Um, so I, you know, I, I don't like to have to sell cookie cutter things because every Body is in a different place. So we have lots of things we can throw in the mix and create a perfect uh, stew or soup that mm-hmm. will be nourishing for them. I like it. You've got a lot of great metaphors, Gail. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I like metaphors, and you've got some good ones. Uh, Gail Ely is with us, folks. Uh, uh, she is the founder of Total Life Leadership. Gail, this has been great, and uh, you're doing fantastic work, and Thank I'm just you. delighted we could have you in to honor that work and celebrate it. Um, and the, I want to get to the most important question is how folks can find you oh, that, yeah. that may, are listening that might want to be in touch. Yeah. Yeah. So the best place is to go to my website, which is total dash life dash leadership dot com. You can find the passionate leadership model and the six pillars of passionate leadership there. You can also set up a time just to have a chat with me. No cost, no obligation. Let's just chat and talk about what's going on with you. And you can also sign up for my weekly leadership tools and tips there. Terrific. Gail Ely, Total Life Leadership. Gail, thank you again for coming in. You are absolutely welcome, John. Great to be here. Yeah, thank you. Hey, folks, just a uh, quick reminder, if you need to apply some better leadership to your back office, and you know what I mean, you've got administrative tasks or bookkeeping or uh, maybe uh, marketing that needs to be done, and you're doing that work instead of someone else that you can outsource that to that will leverage your capabilities to spend more time with your clients and your prospects, um, Office Angels will take care of that for you. They're not a temp firm or a placement service. They're a team of angels who have the talent and experience necessary and they fly in, get the job done and they fly out and they do it on an ongoing or as needed basis. Call SES Cabido, the chief executive angel there, who is terrific by the way, 770-442-9246 or go to officeangels.us. And I know what I'm talking about because I use their services. They're fantastic. 
And folks, just a couple of quick things as we wrap up here. Um, I've got a book coming out here later this year. It's called The Price and Value Journey, Raising Your Confidence, Your Value, and Your Prices Using the Generosity Mindset Method. That book will be out later in the summer, and you can go to pricevaluejourney.com to learn more. Also, a thank you. Thank you to our listeners who are you are fantastic. Uh, you've helped us get to uh, almost seven years of this show. We're up to uh, well into 600 episodes of this show. And uh, what you have done to make us successful is you continue to share the show. And we're grateful for that. Uh, in to that point, if you've heard something here from Gail that uh, makes you want to share the show with someone, please do so. Um, that's how we celebrate the work of great business leaders like Gail and the others we've had on the show over the years. Um, and if you help us continue to celebrate their work and to be the voice of business in this region. So for my guest, Gail Ely, I'm John Ray. Join us next time here on North Fulton Business Radio.